Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you're spending time with me. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of talking to Sarah Johnston. And Sarah Johnston is the proud mom of five teenagers, (laughs) three boys and twin girls. And she has also been a coach for over 20 years. She coaches teens and athletes to find their confidence through mental strength coaching. She has this great five-point mindset coaching approach that she uses with her teens and athletes to shift their perspective, their understanding of themselves, their success, their beliefs, and power. And what's so exciting is that in this episode, she shares it with us and walks us through how to empower our tweens and teens to help them to shift their negative mindset and strengthen their confidence and resilience. She shares so many awesome tools in this episode that I cannot wait for you to listen. So let's jump in. Welcome, Sarah, to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I'm so looking forward to talking to you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So nice to meet you. When I saw what you were doing and we found each other and you're a mindset coach and I want you to talk all about that. Uh, You work with athletes, you work with teens, you even work with women, but you're also a mom of five teenagers. And I was like, I, am. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on for that alone. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I want you to share first, and then I want to get into um, all about what you're doing and how you're supporting teenagers. But what is that like having five teenagers? What do you What do you like the most about it? What do you find the most challenging? Well, I love being part of their transformation. Okay. And I used to feel like I didn't have all the answers that I wanted for them. You know, so I thought when I was a coach and a teacher, I was a wellness teacher. And I thought I got this parent thing down. I'm, I got this as a mom. And then my oldest son started hitting his teen years. And I was like, "Uh Oh, I do not have all the answers. (laughs) I do not have all the answers that I need for these kiddos. So I really wanted to dive deeper. Mm. You know, there were, there were things that came up. My oldest son was um, very much a perfectionist and he was a quarterback. He played quarterback from about the age of seven until his sophomore year in high school. And there were a few years within those years that he played with tears through his helmet. And I didn't have, I didn't have all the answers for him. And we, you know, we got him help. We got him someone to talk to. And, and that was very helpful for him. But, you know, sometimes you think you know what to say and you think you can tell them to just be confident and that will be enough. And I learned quickly that that was, that was not enough. And that doesn't always work. Yeah. Well, especially thank you for saying that, because I do think there's some 
I don't know, like belief, false belief we have, limiting belief that we're supposed to have the answers. And yeah, and coming from a mindset coach like yourself that works with athletes, moms, isn't that refreshing? That Sarah does not have all the answers, you know? 100%. It's hard hard to know. Yeah, what to say when your kid is struggling. Right. And so I'm a certified tennis pro also, and I was my twin daughter's tennis coach from about the age of seven to they're currently 12, turning 13 in a few weeks. And the first time, you know, they would come to my practices. And the first time I got them to go play a competitive match, they said, mom, there's no way we can go compete with those girls. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, just be confident. It'll be fine. You're good. And we take on this uh, feeling and this burden that we are responsible for them feeling like they can do all these things. And really, we need to empower them with believing in themselves. Yes. Because we, we don't necessarily have the ability to, you know, impose our confident thinking onto them. They have to learn that confidence comes from confident thinking within themselves. I love that. And I, we're going to, we're going to pick that apart because we're trying, I think oftentimes as moms to like, I always think of it. I don't know why I use this analogy, but it seems to fit like stuffing a scarecrow, you know, yes. that has no like putting head, you know, we're yes. trying to stuff our kids with confidence. And we wonder like, why isn't this working? I mean, this kid is beautiful and talented and we can see all these wonderful things about them, but they don't believe it. Right. And so what, what we think we're living in our own reality and obviously they're living in their own reality. So Once we start to kind of look at, you know, if I said to one of the twins and they're perfectly okay with me talking about all this with you guys, um, they would say, I would say, what are you kind of thinking about as far as your confidence? Well, I'm not good enough to go play against people like that. What are people going to think of me if I fail when Mm -hmm. I go out there? So when you really start to look at, I call it a thought download Mm -hmm. and the model I use is thought, feeling, experience. Okay. So when we really start to learn that our, we live in the feeling of our thinking. So if, you know, one of my twins, they're Nadia and Naya. So if Naya, let's say is thinking what if I fail when I go try to compete against this other player? She's going to be feeling a reflection of what she's thinking. So yes, she's going to feel nervous if she's having nervous thoughts. We can't override that with saying, just be confident. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So she's thinking, what if I fail? What if I let people down when I go out there and try this. And she's feeling like that. And that has zero things to do with us and our pep talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It so, doesn't make it better. It's not it doesn't it's make like it better. somebody not to be anxious. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what I like to do, and yes, I like deep breathing and yes, I like meditation. I practice those things myself, but I like to teach the kiddos, um, how their mind works first. Okay. Love it. Okay. Because let's say, you know, you go to a competition and you um, try deep breathing and it doesn't work and you don't really understand why it doesn't work that day. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's like, then you start hyperventilating and then asking about that. I'm doing my breathing. I'm doing my breathing, but it's not working today. So that's something I do. What's wrong with me? It's not working. This isn't, I'm not going to be able to play today or I'm not going to be able to perform today and whatever it is, whether it's school, friendships, sports, whatever it is. So the way I teach is, you know, let's talk about if you're in the middle of a pressure situation and something stressful comes up. I teach that when we spend a lot of time on that initial thought So if you can picture this stick figure with a cloud where your brain goes, 
And when we are performing at our best, we have really clear ideas about where we want to go next. Anytime we have something that comes up as far as a thought about confidence, like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. It kind of interferes with that clear headspace and it can get in our way. It might be, I'm not sure if I am going to be successful at this. And it kind of jumps in and interferes with that clear headspace or the pressure. If I fail, I'm going to let my coach down or my parents down. And then we kind of spend time and energy on that thought. And I call it the rev or the stir. So a lot of times I hear people say, we just need to learn how to control our emotions. Well, sometimes when we try to control that thought or control our emotions, that can make it spiral. So the way I teach is to try to settle the thought. So I teach kiddos to notice when that thought comes up and not spend as much time on it or attention and try to allow it to settle on its own. Because when we spend time and attention on it, it tends to make it feel and seem more real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Cause I'm, I'm thinking even about myself. So then I start spiraling, it becomes bigger and bigger. Right. So then what do I do instead? Like, how will it settle? Is it just, I'm imagining it's just the understanding. Oh, there it is. Yes. So and no surprise that it's there. Exactly. So What we do, you know, the first week is say, I want, this is your only activity that you're going to do the first week. You're going to notice when a thought pops up, that's not helpful. Okay. And you're going to not spend time on it. And then, you know, maybe we can notice also thoughts that are helpful. So let's say you're up to bat and you notice a thought pop in that says, my dad's the coach and I don't want to let him down. You know, 85% of the time. If we talk about it, do you really feel like that's true? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I know my dad loves me and he's going to be fine with me if I win or lose, but I still have that thought. And so this week, can you, for me, can you notice it? And can you just notice if it pops up, not spend time on it and not give it a lot of attention because you know that it's not helpful for you when you're on deck. Yeah. Yeah. Not giving it too much power. Not giving it power. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then what is helpful for you when you're feeling great on deck? Well, I know that when I think about all the work I've done leading up to this game, I feel, I feel really good. So trust your training is the number one thing that we go to when you are you know, let's say you're on deck and, and you're up there and you notice that's not helpful. What is helpful? Well, trusting my training makes me feel really good about batting. Okay. So that's a great, that's a great avenue to spend time on. That's a great thought to spend time on because we live in the feeling of our thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And, and most all humans. So all humans have negative thoughts that pop up. That's totally normal. Even professional athletes have them. And I know that because they tell me about them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and we feel like a lot of times we feel like they're happening to us. Traffic is making me mad or the crowd is making me feel nervous. Okay. But If that was the case, then crowds would make everyone feel nervous. But some people see a crowd and they're like, oh, this is what it's all about. Yeah. 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 You know, so, so we definitely can kind of look at what we're thinking about and why we're feeling a certain way. And we can notice what's helpful and notice what's not helpful and kind of make a plan to move forward with some clarity, hopefully. So the first session, you have them just notice, notice your thoughts. So I like that because it's almost like it normalizes the negative thoughts. 
It's not like I have to control them or fix them. I, I have that reaction too, because if the more that we try to control things, that doesn't usually work. But if right. we can, yeah, move into, okay, there it is. I try to talk to myself. No surprise. You know, you're feeling a little nervous right now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a different voice that we talk to ourselves with. It is. It is. And so, you know, as an adult, for an example, last year, I probably never would have been able to give the speech I gave a couple months ago or be on a podcast with you talking. And I, I realized that I was giving so much power to the thoughts about what if I don't say the right thing? What yep. if I do something wrong? And then I have this fun little failure jar here. <laughs> and those are all the times that I screwed it up yeah. on the way to kind of being able to do it. And I just said, okay, well, if I, if I'm not okay with thinking about how am I going to pull that speech off, I'm not going to spend time on the how I'm just going to take action train. So I feel good about what I've been practicing and do it. Yep. Yep. I love that. Um, what you're talking about is the, the growth mindset. Yes. And I love that Carol Dweck book, the mindset. It's yes. kind of like, have you ever read that book? Yes. I love yeah. Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yes. It's so good because that's helped me in my business too, and my life. And it's helped me with my parenting differently with my kids so that they want to step out and take risks. Right. Because making, I love that you have that mistake jar. What if we all had a mistake jar? I think I'm going to start one of those. Yeah, it's so. And it's like the more mistakes you make, the more you're going to learn. Right. Because you're thinking about it as a big umbrella. You're not putting so much pressure on, you know, each time I go up to bat, it has to be perfect. I always say, give yourself permission to not be perfect so you can focus on your skills. And then when you think about it as a big umbrella, you know that this is a process of leveling up and you're going to, you know, crummy things are going to happen 49% of the time. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we talk to athletes or non-athletes and I say crummy things are going to happen, you know, 49% of the time. So it's about how we can kind of bounce back from those and look at them and move forward and we're kind of trying to fail forward here, the more risks you take and the more chances you take to fail, at some point you're still leveling up, but you're not focusing on the tiny, small mistakes. Yeah. Well, I love that because if we're going to, you know, really go for things in our lives, if we're not willing to make mistakes, we're just going to stay we're going to be in self-protect mode all the time and we're not going to live, live up to our full potential, take risks, live right. more of that abundant, for lack of a better word, abundant life, you know, where right. we're trying new things and we're experiencing life. I'm going to want to play small and just stay safe. Right. And so sometimes we feel stuck. Yeah. And sometimes the kiddos feel stuck and they have, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on in their minds, especially with what's been going on in, with the world lately. Yeah. So, you know, imagine, you know, we're asking them to make these big decisions about finding your passion and, and excelling in all these areas. And they're like, whoa, you know, we have, we have a lot going on right now. So what I hear is that each week I do an up the odds for success plan. I feel like that takes a little bit of pressure off. I have to have this goal by this time. But, you know, what if we get organized with your thinking and what you feel the next best move is for you this week? Mm-hmm. You know, taking action this week, trying to kind of get to some of those results, but not putting a really strict parameter on them. I feel it allows for a little more creativity. And the first, um, focus goal that we make is, is within a belief system. So, you know, let's say, let's say you're an athlete and you want to work on nutrition and strength and all the things I have them do a belief system goal first, which is confidence, 
or motivation or focus or pressure because I feel that these other things work really well if you work confidence and self-belief first. Okay, so like values. So you have them identify what their values are. So they're living more out of a value system. Yes. And that kind of sets the tone for the action steps. And I feel like, you know, swinging a bat under pressure is not going to be effective unless you know that your confidence is within you. Mm, Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can be at the cages for 20 hours. You can be studying for a test for 20 hours, but if you go to take the test and you don't believe that you can succeed, it's not really going to matter. So the, as you kind of, cause is that I, I relate to that, like being a, a kid that grew up with learning differences, I would go into a test and I might know it, but I was so, uh, I psyched myself out, out before I even started the test. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Yes. My, my twins, you know, they struggled with speech for a lot of years and that made it difficult to connect with friend groups and, and make good friends. And it made it difficult to go into school and kind of take tests, um, and be in that classroom environment that was overwhelming. And so a a lot of thought work and a lot of understanding where their feelings are coming from helped kind of up-level their confidence with that. And the way I teach confidence is that you don't have to go do X, Y, and Z to get your confidence back. So the way I teach, and I'm a student of Ed Sang and Michael Neal, he's the author of Inside Out Revolution and um, Super Coach. Okay. So love, love, love. I Michael haven't Neal. read that. All right. That'll be one I have to add to my list. It's, it's awesome. And I, I actually just did a 90 day challenge with him um, last spring and it was called creating the impossible. Ooh. And he, yeah. So in 90 days, what can you create that did not exist in the world before? Oh, cool. And he's he's really good. And he taught me and I try to teach the kids how to slow your mind down so that you can see your next best move clearly. So what can you think of an example? I know slowing my mind down is really important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so let's go back to the twins and let's say that they are um, going in to take a test. And this kind of correlates with the stress relief idea. So they're going in to take a test and they are saying, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm overwhelmed by the scene at school. Um, I'm not going to spend time on those thoughts. I'm going to spend time on my training. I studied for this test. I have support at school with my teachers and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to give myself permission to not be perfect so I can focus on the skills that I practice for this test. Okay. So slow your thoughts down, not not letting them take over, and then reminding yourself of what's true. Exactly. Exactly. What is helpful? What's not helpful? Because the more we spend time on the thoughts that aren't helpful, the more they feel real, the more they seem real, and the longer they stick around. Yeah, that's so good. This is really helping me. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I've been in a funk lately. Yeah. Yeah, because I notice sometimes when I get in a funk, I feel justified to be in the funk. Right. Well, that's my motivation umbrella. Let's talk motivation <laughs> a little bit. So. You know, so I say confidence comes from confident thinking. It's one thought away. It's always available to you. You were born worthy. You were born confident. It's always there. Okay. And with motivation, motivation comes from motivated thinking. So sometimes we kind of take ourselves out of the game when it comes to motivated thinking. And that makes us feel like, you know, we, I call it the discouraged bus and, and I use this stuff from Michael Neal that he's okay with. So think about a little bus driving along and it comes by and it's like got all these discouraged thoughts on it and it stops in front of you 
and you're like, you have the option to choose those discouraged thoughts or not. So it opens the door. And I always say to the kiddos, I'm not on the discouraged bus today. You know, our brains like to offer us thoughts that we have thought before because it likes to be efficient. But that doesn't mean it's true. And that doesn't mean that's who we are. And that doesn't mean we have to choose those thoughts. So you always have the option to say, I'm not getting on the discouraged bus today. I'm going to remind myself what helps me feel motivated with motivated thinking. I'm going to get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get back in the arena of not caring if I fail. Very good. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I'm going to remind myself why I started this project or this sport um, in the first place and kind of remind myself what motivates me. Yeah. Motivation comes from motivated thinking. Wow. Don't get on the discourage. Don't get on the discouragement bus. Is that what it is? Yeah. Don't get on the discouraged bus. And for some reason, it it helps me to think about this little silly bus coming by. Well, you know, it helps you get out of that victim mindset of it's happening to me. It's like, and I think that's important with our tweens and teens. And for us, it's like, it's not happening to me. I actually have a choice if I'm going to get on it. 100%. You're like a a painter with a paintbrush creating your own experience. And I want the kids to feel that. I want them to feel like they're managing things instead of it controlling them. Yes. So let's talk. We're doing this interview a little little backwards because I still didn't know. It's fantastic. We just are going with it, but we didn't get to talk about how you started doing this, but we will. We'll do that at the end. <laughs> but um, everybody knows now who you are and what you're doing. But um, so what does this look like for the mom that's listening? Like, what are some of the mistakes we make? Maybe we start there. What are some of the things that we say to our kids or do that actually perpetuate the anxiety or the lack of confidence? I would say one of the things that I do, I have five athletes in the house and I coach about between 50 and 100 kiddos on the tennis court every week still. I would say um, that I really let the kids come and talk to me about their sport when they want to. Number one, we, we don't talk about baseball leading up to the game. We don't talk about baseball and tennis after the game. I really try to let them have some processing time. And then, you know, miraculously after a little bit, they'll kind of come and talk to you after things feel pressure filled. So once in a while, I feel like we can add extra thinking. And like I say, sometimes more thinking isn't always better thinking. You know, if you're genuinely concerned and you're trying to extract information like we all do at after school and at dinner. Um, that's one thing. But when when you can kind of tell they're under stress, one thing I do a lot is what can I say or do that helps you? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question that we don't say very often. I've said to my girls, what do I say that helps you when you're on the tennis court? And they'll say, you know, I like it when you Um, cheer for me, but I don't like it when you give me technical advice. Yes. Yeah. So I have a a buddy that's in charge of their technical advice and just trying to kind of meet them halfway, ask them what they're feeling, ask them what they're thinking about, ask what's helpful for them, ask what isn't helpful for them. Um, And that seems to be really helpful. And my, my middle son, he prefers to not talk about it at all. But once we get home, he'll come downstairs two hours later and talk for an hour about it. Wow. You're giving him that that space because we tend to say too much, you know, give that, like they get in the car. I remember like saying to my son, like, great game. He's like, no, it was not a great game. You know, I think I was trying to pump him, him up because I thought he's probably feeling discouraged but it's like, no, mom, it wasn't a great game, you know, but it was more about me, like wanting to 
feel better because I was feeling bad to try and make him feel better. It just, the whole thing did not work well. And I think we try to do that or give little tips. Well, yeah. if you might have just done that when you're out there or this or that, and right. that, that's not helpful either. Right. And, you know, I, I tell the kiddos, they have this built in inner GPS. Okay. So when they start to notice that these thoughts pop up and these, these things are popping in that are making things a little cloudy. Once we can slow those down and they kind of settle, they have an innate real time sense of what to do next. Okay. Um, Things are going really fast in the middle of a game. If they start to kind of notice what's not helpful, they can, they can really maneuver through that well. And then let's say it's after a game, if they can kind of let things settle, they can learn and see clearly in the midst of, even after a difficult game, really well what to do next. And it's not always that we need to say something. Um, Sometimes they'll come up with some great insights. I mean, some of the best insights I've heard this year are from eight, nine, and 10-year-old boys and girls that, you know, they they just had an activity to notice, you know, my week where we talk about choices. Mm. What, what, you know, the week we talk about choices, we say, what's the difference between small choices and big choices? And what kind of choices did you make during the day last week that helped you reach some of your goals? And I hear some of the coolest stuff. Wow, I mean, they, they get question. it. What they are get some it. of the choices that helped you reach your goals? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, you said something really important. And I just want to pause, slow down. Because I think that we, it was going back to what you initially said to believe that our kids, that we're all born with this, this innate sense of what we need and with that confidence. And when we are not believing that, I see this a lot and I have to remind myself and with my own kids who are now older now, but I still have to remind myself of this and moms that I work with to hold our kids with positive regard. Like believe that they have it within themselves to figure things out, because I think that's where we jump in and we feel like we have to tell them how they should feel or think about things versus trusting that when they have that space, just like you're saying to reflect, they're going to come up with those answers. And then they get to own it themselves rather than us, you know, thinking they don't have it. And then we're sending that message that we really don't believe they have it. Do you agree? Exactly. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. The twins will say mindset tips by mom. If I try to give them a little tip, <laughs> but yeah, that to me too. Like, okay, yeah. mom, you don't need to do your coaching with me. I'm exactly. Not one, I'm not one of your clients. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But then you notice when they practice it and they kind of talk about it. So it's cool. Cause they do take it in and process it. And, um, and what I love about, you know, the three, the up the odds for success plan, the kiddos get to pick their plan for the week. So I'll say, what do you think your next best move is this week to move in the direction that you want to go? So think about it like a, you know, a river and not a roller coaster, because when it's a roller coaster, it's hard to see clearly what's next, but we're going to be like a strong, determined river that flows fluidly. And your first goal is going to be about a belief system. The second two can be anything you want. And they come up with the coolest plan for the week. And then it's it feels organized. It feels like they know what to do. It might be, I'm going to call my coach and, and see what he thinks I should do for my strength plan. And then the next week when we meet, he'll have, he'll make a more detailed strength plan. Like I'm going to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday from four to five. So it's about, you know, getting unstuck and starting that massive action and kind of moving them in that direction that feels like it's where they want to go. And sometimes that's all it takes for them to feel like they got things out of their brain onto a 
plan and they're moving and it's making sense. Yeah. There's something different and proactive about writing things down where you continue to move forward. Yeah. That's helpful. And even, you know, talking about what, what I'm thinking about some of the, I mean, grownups, do we ever really think about what we're thinking about and how it affects the way we feel? Um, A lot of times we don't. So just the fact that kiddos can notice what they're thinking about and realize that's why I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling sad because of this and that's okay. And we talk about feeling your feelings that feelings are not a problem to solve. They're an experience to have. Um, if you're feeling super overwhelmed, like if you're getting upset during competition, we talk about, you know, allowing space for that and and kind of allowing it to pass so you feel like you can manage it instead of it controlling you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the kiddos, they don't know where their space is or if they're even allowed to be sad and angry. And yes, of course, that's part of being human. And let's try to understand where the feeling and and thought is coming from. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm feeling sad or angry because I'm thinking I don't want to let anyone down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, giving a voice and then not correcting them that they're fe- not, you know, how they're feeling, they shouldn't be feeling that way. Exactly. Do you find working with kids that just the act of them, and even as a mom, just the act of them expressing it and saying what so helps to lessen it? Yes, yes. It feels like, I hear that it feels like a really good bridge, you know, let's say there's a baseball player with a coach that's a dad. Um, it's it's a safe space to come and chat with me who they know is a coach and a teacher and a mom instead of having to say, dad, I'm worried I'm not like living up to what you want me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's it's so powerful to be able to say that. And it bridges, I don't I don't teach that, you know, your coach is never going to be hard on you or your parents are never going to be hard on you because that's part of how we're growing up. That's going to happen with our future bosses. But I'm teaching the kiddos that, you know, you, if something's not helpful at the time, you don't have to take that on personally. And you can have a safe space to think and feel everything that you're feeling and allow it to pass without having to carry it on into the next things that you're doing into that day or the week or the month. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, you're feeling that way because it's coming from your thinking and 90% of the time they're like, I understand that my dad's not, or my mom's not really upset with me. I was probably just thinking that I know they love me. They tell me that all the time, you know, so they, once they step outside of kind of the story. Yeah. Yeah. The story we're telling ourselves. And we're really good at making up stories about what might go wrong in the future. Mm -hmm. And we're really good about thinking about all the things that have gone wrong in the past. Mm -hmm. But when we can be in the present and have that clear cloud, we can, we can get so much accomplished. Yes, I know that. And and the fortune telling uh, and then the catastrophizing, then it just can snowball. Exactly. And they probably don't even realize that they're doing it. We do that as as moms. I go into, oh my gosh, my kid's not doing their homework and, oh, they're never going to be able to get a job and they're going to probably not graduate high school. You know, we just 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know, I was curious, do you find that a lot of your clients that they worry about what their parents think? Yes. Yes. I I have probably 80% of my athletes are, are coaches children. So that's obviously comes from the added. And so, you know, we talk about pressure thoughts. I even bring on you know, parents and we, we talk together sometimes, but it's really nice for the kiddos to have a space 
where they can talk freely and talk about their thoughts and feelings. And then I always send notes to parents and, and kiddos so they can keep those for each week. Um, it's called the up the odds for success plan. And it's a nice bridge. Like the goal is to get, you know, the kids and the coaches and the parents on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's working. Well, I think parents need that help too. You know, we need that help having, I was telling you, my son played division one baseball and, um, yeah, we need that coaching too. And exactly. Yeah. On how to, how to navigate that, that world. Yeah. My son has his own mindset coach, so it's, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he can talk freely without talking to mom, you know, yeah, that third party influence. But I found that a lot of um, my, the coaches that my son worked with, I don't think they really had that mindset coaching. And this is division one baseball, you know, it, it, I am working with more division one and two it's, you know, there's the stigma is lifting. Um, organizations are getting budgets to start implementing some of these programs. So I'm working a lot with minor league baseball teams. Um, and it's, it's so important. It's so helpful. I work with, you know, division one, two, three college teams, but even all the way down, starting at eight years old on, on lots of travel sports teams and beyond. So it's needed. It's helpful. Yeah. And like you said, you're also wanting to work with just even tweens and teens after all that they've gone through these last couple of years. Like these are skills that we can, you know, use with all our kids, no matter if they're of course. or not. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Because like I said, most of the time, even with the athletes I work with end up talking about pressure with relationships at school, homework, pressures about what to do in the future. So there might be a focus goal about the belief system, school friends, getting my homework. I need to communicate with my teacher better to find out what I need to do this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just that down. It's a small start, but it's a huge thing to push you forward and feel like, okay, all I have to do this week is talk to my teacher more about what I need to do. <laughs> That's yeah. a huge step. Mm-hmm. What I noticed that you do a lot of is you ask questions rather than telling. Yes. Like yes. what's one, you know, one thing that, that would help you this week? What can I, what can I say that feels supportive? What can I do that feels supportive? What do I say that's not supportive? Right. And get their feedback. Get feedback. Because I'm telling you, I've had the coolest insights from some of the youngest people that I've worked with and they get it and they're smart and they want you to ask them questions and they, they're just cool little humans. <laughs> yeah. And very insightful with, they, they are. But then we have to be careful that we don't get defensive. You know, sometimes right. They give right. us hard feedback. Yeah. Well, you know, like a question, like what, you know, what insights did you have this week? And I say insights for me just mean a new thought. Mm. Yeah. And you will get some cool answers. Yeah. Yeah. What insights did you have this week? Yeah. We can learn so much from them if we become a student. Right. Yeah. Of, of our kids. So I'm sure that you feel like you're learning from your kids all the time. Yes. 100%. And I, I did feel for a long time, like I did not have the answers that I wanted for them or for my you know, clients on the tennis court. And now I feel like I, if, if someone comes to me and says, I feel like I'm lacking confidence, I have answers. I feel like I'm lacking focus. I don't think we touched on focus, but, um, focus is a lot of noticing what you can control and what you can't control. Mm. And that's a huge thing because, you know, we can't control what, let's say it's about a friend group. We can't control what people think of us or what people say about us, but we can control our attitude, our effort, 
you know, the choices that we make, if we notice that that particular friend group might not feel good for us, then we can make a choice to adjust and, you know, maybe pick a different friend group to spend time with that feels like it's getting, we're getting a lot out of it. And that's a huge thing for middle school kids that I've been battling is making friends and friend groups. And we all know that middle school can be brutal Um, and friends, friend groups can be brutal. So, you know, the twins going into eighth grade and my 13 year old son going into ninth grade, that's something we talk about weekly is friend groups. And does this feel like it's a really good fit? Is everybody feeling like they're, you know, um, contributing to a really good friendship going both ways and just asking about that in a non-pressure scene. Yeah. Oh, I get, I can't tell you how many uh, moms reach out about the friend middle school girls, the bullying. And then there's a lot of bullying going on now. And I do think that it's, um, I mean, I don't know about studies, but it's just my feeling that it's because of what the pandemic and how kids and just everything going on, like you said, that there's so much they can't control that then they're turning on each other because at least they can feel some sense of power. Right. It's at the expense of somebody else. Exactly. And it's, it stinks. And, you know, when we understand where our feelings are coming from, if you're, if you're thinking, you know, this, this doesn't, this is, this friendship's making me feel yucky. You know, um, maybe I should move direction, just having those conversations, you know, it might be that we're kind of overthinking that this person isn't being nice, but there's a big chance that this, this friendship is making me feel yucky. And I could make a different choice next week to try to, you know, find something I have in common with someone else that makes me feel really good. So just small little things like that. Yeah. Coaching our kids on what do you have control over and what don't you kind of go back to that. This is happening to not, I mean, it is happening to you, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And how do you respond to it? We have control over our attitude, our effort, our choices and our reactions mainly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and you know, when, when you can say, oh, I understand that this group of girls, let's say is living in their own reality. And that doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't have to take that energy on inside of me that it affects who I am and my worthiness as a person and a, and a confident human being but I can make a choice to spend time more time with them or not. I can make a choice to spend more time on the thoughts that make me feel good or yucky about this choice to be friends with this group. You know, they're, they're going through a lot. Yeah. And we're just yeah. working yeah. through it one kind of topic at a time. Yeah. You're the, in the midst of that with your daughters. Yes. What yes. works? Um, what works with them, and what doesn't? So, like I said, I I ask them, and they love it when I they love it when I am. Let's say we're on the tennis court, and I'm coaching, and I I cheer them on, but they don't want nitty gritty technical advice from me. Mm-hmm. And I would have known that unless I would have asked. So I I did make the adjustments. Um, they don't love talking about it a lot, but once in a while, if I feel an opening, um, we kind of try to sit down at, at dinner and with, I noticed that it's a lot better to talk about it when there's a less pressured situation, you know, coming home. And if someone's upset, that doesn't always seem like the best yep. chance yep. to talk about it. But after I let them process and they get home. Yeah. After they process. Yeah. That's after they yeah. 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 So no. just, we're all on that quest of that happy medium between being the friend and the, you know, advice giver. And there's, um, for, uh, for moms too, for me, if I try not to overthink it and feel like it's all 
sitting on me, but that all of us are going to have an easier time moving forward with a, a little more clear mind and really letting things settle. So here's my letting it settle story. Okay. okay. <laughs> if we see a car on a dirt road drive by and the, the dust is everywhere. Okay. That's kind of like when our, our brain has this rev up of the thinking. And as a mom, I, I do that. I think we all have those moments where, like you said, oh no, this happened. What are we going to do? So the clouds up in the air. And if we walk through it, right, when it's all in the air, we're going to kind of cough and choke on it. But if we stand on the side of the road and watch it and allow it to settle, then when we walk across the road, it's going to feel more clear. Oh, gosh, I love that. That is so good. I'm going to have to use that. I'll give you credit. <laughs> you know, Michael, Michael Neal is my, my yeah. story guy. He, he's yeah. fine with using all these little stories, but it's so helpful when you can kind of visualize something. Yeah. Cause we do, we try, we walk right into that dust storm and then we it do. does not go well. It, it's once we start to control it, it's when it starts to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's like overarching. I think just theme today is like wanting to try and control things and that we really our, thoughts, can... our feelings, all of that. It, the more yes. that we're trying to control, it just does not work well. Yes. And when we understand that the world is spinning without us having to spin it, we can really rely on that. And the kiddos, when I tell them that their confidence is within them, they don't have to go find it. They take a deep breath in their shoulders, relax, and you don't have to, you know, give yourself permission to not be perfect. The shoulders relax and we don't have to spin the world. It's already going. Yeah. So we can kind of um, trust our inner GPS mm -hmm. to see the next best move and we can see the next best move when we kind of slow our thinking down and just trust where we're going. Wow. Well, Sarah, gosh, it's been so good talking to you and having you on and so many good, you know, insights and nuggets for us to chew on. Tell, we didn't really talk about like, your what you're doing, how you got to doing this, but so tell us where can they find you? What are you up to? Okay, so you can find me at sarahjanemindsetcoaching.com, and it's John's. It's Johnston J O H N S T O N. Okay, um, you can you can book a free discovery call where I meet with parents and kiddos and coach them even the first day on the free intake call. And most people sign up for my three-month program, but I have a four-week program also called Boost. So um, those are a couple options. And at Sarah Jane Mindset on Instagram, you can find some you can find some fun stuff. I coach on there a little bit. Yeah, you have great videos and things too. I love it. And all the athletes you work with. So Sarah Jane Mindset Coaching. Coaching.com. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure that they're clear and I'll put the links in. Okay. You're also involved in something else. that's exciting. That's starting up. I am. I am. So when I was doing the creating something impossible in 90 days, I was doing what I coached, you know, the kiddos to do and kind of just seeing what came up next. And, um, you know, there was a tragedy on November 30th, um, the, the Oxford high school, shooting in Michigan. And we're 30 minutes or so away from Oxford. And um, Tate Muir is one of the victims of the high school shooting. Mm -hmm. And his family, I've gotten to know really well over the past few months, his family started a foundation for him in his honor. And he was the coolest athlete. He was humble he was mentoring all these students and his family didn't even know about it. His parents heard all these stories, um, you know, after he passed that he was at school doing the anti-bullying programs. He was, you know, mentoring all these kids on the football field. He was a big football player, which is the importance of the number 42, 42 strong. Um, so you can find this 
nonprofit at 42strongtake.org. And so in conjunction with the state of Michigan, we created a mentorship program and we produced about four hours of online content in, uh, via webinar so that the mentors could train. And then once we launched a couple of weeks ago, we had a big event where 225 mentors were matched with mentees just within the Oxford community. Wow, that's huge. It was huge. It was so cool. We had so many volunteers. We had the Legacy Center that provided the venue for the whole entire year for all their events. Um, so, you know, when you feel like you want to do something, but you don't know what to do, just know that there are things out there. Reach out. I reached out, you know, to 42 Strong and said, how can I help? And there were all kinds of things to do to help. And um, it's just really cool to know that, I mean, I know how important mentor mentors are for the kiddos and peer-to-peer mentorship is unmatched. I mean, imagine middle school kids being paired with high school kids and giving these kids all a purpose both ways. There's so many benefits to um, both for the mentors and the mentees. Yes, yes. Wow. What a powerful program. Are other states, you have to be in Michigan to be able to participate. Yes. And we say we're building the plane as we're flying it. And so we'd love to scale out next next year and maybe go virtual and see if we can do um, mentoring online. So just stay tuned. And if you have any ideas or want to reach out to 42 Strong, you're welcome to do so. And just know that you can also be creative and and get with your local supportive people and and maybe start your own program. There's tons of resources out there. So just know that you can 100% make a difference if you decide that you want to tackle something like that. So it's been a great experience. Wow. I love it too, because mentor, somebody come alongside your kid, you know, therapy is great, all those things, but you know, are so helpful, but men, there's something about mentorship too. If they might not be open to something like that, that it's just another avenue to have that third party voice speak into their life. Exactly. Support where they don't have to be embarrassed about something they ask or, you know, something that they want to talk about. It's, it's so powerful. And you're branching out and you're working with not just athletes now, but with, with teenagers as well. Yes. And helping them mostly with what? So stress relief, focus, motivation, confidence, and pressure. And pressure. Gosh, our kids could really use support with that. They need that help, that support, especially right now. So um, so email you. How can they get a hold of you? Yes. Service at SarahJaneMindsetCoaching.com. Okay. Is a great way to email me. And, you know, on the website, there's a Calendly link that you can book a free discovery call. There's some time slots open. So feel free to book a discovery call, bring the kiddos with you. You know, I can meet the parents and the kids in the same, in the same day. And we've been having tons of luck and seeing lots of transformation. So it's exciting. Oh, that's awesome. And you do Zoom as well. I do Zoom. And a lot of the kiddos FaceTime me somewhere on the way to practice, but we're mobile. Thank goodness. Ah, I know. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much. And thank you for the important work you're doing. Thank you. It's so needed. And I know that that uh, whoever's listening has benefited from, from all the information you've shared. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And if you often can feel alone as a mom. If you're struggling with self-doubt, if you feel like you're failing some days and you don't know what to do, you have a kid that you just love so much, but you just don't know where to turn and what to do and what's normal and what's not, and you want answers and you would love to know that you're not alone and that other moms are going through similar things, I encourage you to get on our newsletter list at momsoftweensandteens.com and you will be the first to know when I am leading the three-day workshop series, which so many of you 
have been a part of. And after those three days, I open up the inner circle, which is our membership that we only open up twice a year. And we kick this off the end of August, beginning of September. So I would love for you to be a part of that three-day workshop series and for you to join the inner circle if that is something that could be beneficial to you. We offer so many wonderful things and it is transformational what you will learn. I just, it's, it just brings me so much joy to see mom's lives change, their families change, their kids change. It's really beautiful. So I hope you will get on our newsletter. You can go to the site and get on the wait list. You can scroll down the page and you'll see membership there and you will be the first to know. So have a great week and I will see you back here next time.